welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. So I've joined a gym because I'm a cliche. January hits and I realise that I've put on several stone <laughs> over the holidays. It's terribly depressing. And you know, you know when people are like, oh, do you know what? Maybe I just do this. And I think everyone does this. You know when people are like, oh, I'm going to start a diet on Monday. So do you know what? This weekend, I'm really going to go for it. Like, I'm just going to eat and drink whatever I want and really enjoy myself because come Monday, you know, on Monday, Monday starts, Monday diet, diet starts on Monday, doesn't it? And then you eat and drink what you want for Saturday and Sunday. So I did that over Christmas, but I said to my mum, I'm just going to enjoy myself because I'm going to start a diet in the new year. Like I'm re- like a really big one. So I'm just really going to enjoy myself and just eat what I want until then. I said that to her on about the 5th of December. So I had quite a while of eating and drinking whatever the hell I wanted. So come January, I've joined a gym and this gym is fine. Um, it's got the whole one side of it is glass. So you can see out lovely natural light. Oh, that's all wonderful. But what's opposite the gym is a McDonald's. Now, who in their right mind thought, I know a spot to open a gymnasium where people will exercise and think about their physical health and image opposite a McDonald's. I don't even like McDonald's, but I'm there, I'm on the running machine and I'm thinking, would I have a McChicken sandwich or would I go for a burger and then chicken nuggets on the side with extra fries? I don't even know if they do that, but if I'd ask for it. Anyway, that's me. Happy January. Shall we begin? So if you've listened to the podcast so far, you know that my my vibe was in was meant to be helpful. <laughs> I was this was meant to be a helpful podcast. I hope it kind of is, but I don't know. I just talk a lot of nonsense really, don't I? And tell you stories about all my shenanigans. But I thought it was about time that I give you a, a moderately helpful episode. So today I wanted to talk about where where you are in your engagement journey, your planning journey, and and what to do next. So the the last time I spoke about this, we spoke about what to do first, and really the gist was enjoy it, drink the fizz, and chat to your beloved about what kind of wedding you want. So once you've had that initial conversation, I think the first thing that you need to do when you are getting to the point of of securing people, of booking suppliers, and firming up on details. The first thing that you need to do is book a venue. So you've had the discussion and you know that you're getting married in the UK, not abroad. You're having a small wedding, not a big wedding. Uh, you're getting married in the countryside or the city. Um, and you you might know roughly a time of year. You need to have some idea of what you want before you look at the venues. Because do you know what? There are so many out there. There are so many out there and they are all beautiful in their own right. They might not all be to your taste, but in the wedding world, everything's beautiful. It's just, you know, each to their own, but nothing's ugly. Well, some things are ugly, but no. <laughs> Do you know what is ugly? I'm really sorry if I offend you. I'm just going to tell you now because it just came to me. Chair covers. Okay. Especially the old fashioned ones that cover the entire chair. That looks like a condom on a chair and no one wants that, do they? No one wants a condom on a chair at any point during the evening. Anyway, that's just my two cents, all right? 
So there's nothing that ugly out there. They're all beautiful, but you need to find what's right for you. And it is such a saturated market that you need to have an idea of what you want before you begin your hunt for the perfect venue. If you are getting married at home and you know that, that's fine. There's still things that you need to work out pretty quickly and there are still logistics involved. I mean, that's a lot of work getting married at home. And I'm going to do another episode on that because I did that. A lot of my family, a lot of my friends have done that. Um, so and, and there's a, that's a whole other world of wedding planning. So I am going to get into that on another episode, I promise. But for now, for argument's sake, this fictitious couple I'm speaking to about, let's call them Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> they were real, I think, weren't they? Were they real? Did they steal things? Or was it just a Beyonce Jay-Z song? I'm so over Beyonce. I'm losing, I'm losing the thread already of this podcast. So let's say that Bonnie and Clyde are looking for a venue. Now, there are directories out there. So to start with, you could literally just Google wedding venue Southwest, wedding venue city centre London or whatever. But there are directories out there. There's Hitched. That's a brilliant one. That's probably the biggest. There's Guides for Brides, Rock My Wedding. There's there's lots out there that will sort of refine your search. And that is helpful. Also, a lot of those directories, for example, Hitched, I'm on Hitched, they come with reviews. So that's really good as well, because I do think that word of mouth, recommendation and reviews are such a good way of booking your suppliers because it's it's someone's first-hand knowledge of what they do and what they have on offer. And you can't be that really, can you? So you can go on these directories and quite often they sort of whittle it down for you in terms of the venue style and vibe and location. If you are unsure of where you want to get married, you're going to need to look at a few different factors. Are people mostly local to you or are they traveling from afar? Are they all from America? So they're traveling to the UK anyway. So do you know what? They'll travel anywhere, whether it's Scotland or Devon. They've got to travel, so they'll travel anywhere. Um, Are they all based in London? Would it just be easier if you did it in London for everyone involved? You need to think about the logistics of the location. Nowadays, it's different, right? So like in our parents' generation, and our grandparents' generation, everyone sort of, got married in the village that they grew up in and they got married in the village hall and the local church and then everyone lived there anyway and they were all invited and so that that wasn't really a thing. Nowadays, a lot of people get married abroad. Uh, you know, the majority of, of youth, like myself, the majority of youth leave home, they leave the family nest, they move away and they build a life somewhere else. Or, or you know, not necessarily they don't have to do that, but that is quite often what happens. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go home so to speak to get married I think if you have a place that does have a personal uh, significance to you then I think that's really lovely actually if you can find a place where oh you know let's get married in Cornwall because that's where we used to go on holiday as kids or let's get married in York because we went to university there or let's get married in um Bristol city centre because that's where we live now that's our home together quite often I think couples uh, they sort of their opinions differ because she wants she got married she's sorry sorry Drew uh, quite often couples opinions differ because maybe she grew up there and he went to uni there and their family are over there and there's so it's quite hard to pinpoint the place so in that case pinpoint bloody anywhere you want you go anywhere 
People are willing to travel for weddings. They have to be. And if they're not, they ain't coming. And you save yourself some dollar. You know, if people do not want to make the effort to come to a wedding, maybe the legitimately they can't for whatever reason. If they're not a, if they're not willing to make the effort to come to a wedding, they don't really care, babes. They don't really give a sh- shizer. <laughs> if people want to be there, they'll be there. Do you know what I mean? Um, and of course, there are extenuating cir- circumstances to that. But I just, I just think, and I've told my couples this for years and years and years. It is about you. It is about what you want. Yes, you have to consider other people, and yes, you have to consider the logistics and the um, the the technical aspects of travel and time and effort and energy and all the rest of it. But it is about you too and what you want from your day. So if you do all live in London, but you want to get married in the Cotswolds, and you think, oh, but it's a, it's a lot to ask because they'll have to have a hotel room and stuff. Yes, it is a lot to ask. But you know what? They love you. That's why you're inviting them to your wedding. You're putting on a big spread, aren't you? You're paying for their meal, aren't you? So, <laughs> you know, they can pay for their petrol. Cost of living crisis, people. It's hard out there, but you're still getting married. So you're asking a lot already of them, if I'm honest. So when it comes to location, you have to whittle it down, I think. And it does depend a lot on whether you want a city wedding or a country wedding. A city centre wedding is a totally different vibe to a countryside wedding, as is to a highland wedding in Scotland or a beach wedding uh, in Newquay. They all have different vibes. If you want a super relaxed, informal, festival-style, chilled-out wedding, don't get married in a castle. Don't look for castles. <laughs> if you want to feel like a princess, don't get married in a teepee, because you wouldn't find a princess in there, if I'm totally honest. You'd find Cinderella... But before she met the prince, you know, when she was sort of ironing and things. So you want to have an idea of the location and the style and vibe. And then you want to have a sort of whistle it down to that. And then you want to have a look at the venues. I think having worked at a venue and having been that person that takes that initial phone call and then and then takes the tour. um, I think you need to do the recon on the venues before you book in the visit. Now. Every venue worth its salt is going to have a good website and a good social media presence. So you should be able to find out the logistics of things before you book in the visit. But also you could just give them a call and just talk to them about things. So you want to have an idea of guest numbers. Uh, You want to have a rough idea of time of year um, and a day of the week. So Saturdays are, of course, the most popular day. They will always be the most popular day. Sundays are becoming more popular. Fridays becoming more popular, and then outside of that, Thursdays. I mean, to be honest, I've done I've done weddings on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays not so popular. I don't know, but any day of the week. What you have to consider is that nine times out of ten, a venue is going to be a lot less money if it's in a weekday. And essentially, what you're doing is you're getting the exact same venue, the exact same service. You could have the exact same wedding, but you have it on a Thursday rather than a Saturday and you could save yourself like 10 grand for the exact same wedding. So then people say to me, yes, but then our guests have all got to take time off work. Yes, that is a consideration, but also consider this. A lot of people these days work shifts. So actually there's no such thing as a weekend. I mean, Jesus, when I get invited to a wedding on a weekend, I think, oh no, can't, can't do that, Beryl. I don't have a friend called Beryl. Is there anyone listening called Beryl? Will you be my friend? (laughs) 
always, always fancy myself with a barrel. Um, the people work shifts. So actually, it's irrelevant to them. The, I think the only thing that you have to really consider with weekday weddings are teachers. Um, don't even worry about people wanting to have a party and get drunk. We're, we're English. We will get drunk on a Monday afternoon if it's free. We'll get drunk on a Wednesday morning, for heaven's sake. So it, you do consider that. Do consider a midweek wedding. Also consider the fact that if you were to get married sort of between November and April, they might have, the venues might have offers then. So they, even on a Saturday, so you could get married on a Saturday in January or February. And it, again, it, you could save three or four thousand pounds instantly having the exact same wedding as you could do on a Saturday in June. It's just going to cost you a lot less money. So that is a factor to consider. I had a wedding a few weeks ago um, on a Saturday in January and it was glorious. It was beautiful. January and February still are the least popular days for least popular months, sorry, for weddings. And I completely understand why. But actually, it's quite nice to have something to look forward to as a guest during those months because they're ever so depressing. You know, if I was invited to a wedding in January, I'd go. I'd have to sort of, you know, make sure that I wasn't missing out on any gym classes because I'm that person now. But I would attend. So ring them up and have a chat and find out what offers they have on. Um, find out their availability. That first and foremost, you do not, unless you're very flexible. I used to have couples coming to me and they, would, they wouldn't even say anything until they got to the door. I had a couple once and they literally got to the door and I was like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Olivia, blah, 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 welcome, come on in. And they were like, look, just before we, we carry on and you show us this venue and we fall in love, can we just confirm that you've got this Saturday on this date and this month on this year available? It's like, no, I don't, know. Oh, then we can't, there's no point looking. Why on earth did you not ring me before and ask me that? We're wasting your time. You're wasting my time. <laughs> so ring up and find out. There's, if, you, if you're vague, if you know you roughly want to get married in spring of 24, at least ring them and say, what have you got? What's it looking like? Um, you, you can't book in a venue too early. You can Other stuff, it can take time, but the venue and the date, you want to secure ASAP. You really, really do. And then you can just chill out for a bit. The venue dictates the vibe, right? So it's sort of, when I say, if you want to be a princess, don't get married in a teepee. And if you want a festival wedding, don't get married in a castle. It, if you want something that is low key, um, you you know, your whole vibe is sort of um, a Hessian table runners, some bunting, lots of candles, pretty jitsophilia, um, you know, little tea dresses for the flag girls, that kind of thing. That to me says that a barn wedding or country garden wedding. So, you know, if you want something where you want to wear a sequin jumpsuit as the bride and you want like food trucks or things like that, then that to me says more sort of city wedding. So you want to have a look at things like that. If you are, for example, if you, one of the things you know you must have at your wedding is a food truck. When you phone these venues, say to them, am I allowed to bring a food truck? People who work at venues have heard it all. They have been asked all the questions I mean, Jesus, I was asked some ridiculous question. <laughs> they used to say to me, um, so this is all very lovely. What's your wet weather plan? I'm sorry? What's your wet weather plan? I don't understand the question. <laughs> like, I don't, it rains, I don't want. <laughs> it's like, go inside. I don't, I have an umbrella. I can't, like, I, <laughs> some people are ever so stupid. 
So another another good question to ask your venue is accommodation. Uh, and that's something you can look at again on their website before um, you go to visit. Is there accommodation on site? What time does it, are you, can you get in? Can you get out? How um, do, do you set up your decorations? Do you set them up? Do the venue set them up? If the venue set them up, that's great. If you set them up, what time can you get in to set them up? Do the venue have a wedding planner? Now, quite often the venues will have an event manager. That is not a wedding planner. They will have. They will offer you an event manager, a coordinator for the day to make sure everything runs brilliantly. That is essential. You absolutely need that. But that's not a wedding planner. People can get confused about that. So don't use that phrase. It's an event manager or a coordinator on the on the day coordinator. So find out if they have one of those. Um, find out all of this information and then book in a visit. I don't think that you should go and visit too many venues. It's too much. It's overwhelming. You lose interest. You can't be asked. I had a couple once and they'd got engaged at Christmas. They came to see me on a weekend late January and she had booked at least four venue visits for like the first six weeks of that year. He His, his eyes were dead inside. <laughs> he, he had no soul. <laughs> he was so over it. I think even she was starting to go over it. Like I say, there's so many venues out there and they're all beautiful and they're all wonderful. But you you can't see them all. It'll just confuse you. You know, you don't have to see them all. Do all the recon, do all the research and then book in maybe six to eight, maybe ten at a push, absolute push. Also, a lot of my couples have said this to me. Quite often, it, they book the first one they go to see or the first or second one they go to see because they love it. They love it and it feels right and they've got the availability. So book it. You're not gonna, you're not, if it, it feels right, then book it. You're not missing out on anything. I feel like this is a good metaphor for the marriage itself, you know. If you like him, if you like her, if you like them, just marry them. I've come Yorkshire because I've been watching Happy Valley. <laughs> oh, well, that's not Yorkshire. What's fun when, we, when I do the accents is that it's like taking you on a tour, you know, like a... I take you on a Carib no Caribbean no I've lost it it's gone it's gone terrible accents I once played a Welsh man on st I'm losing I'm losing you again aren't I I'm losing the thread so you've booked your visits go and see them now everyone is <laughs> that's a given everyone's different right I I'm very particular about people <laughs> and customer service. Before I worked in weddings, I worked in retail. And to me, if you have a job that is customer facing, especially if it's in sales of any kind, put a bloody smile on your face. Enjoy what you're selling. If you don't, work in a factory, work as a pot wash, work in an office. Don't work with people if you don't bloody like them. All right. So <laughs> when you go to see the venue, to me, if it was my wedding day, it would be hugely important what the people are like that work there you know i if that venue is the most beautiful venue i'd ever seen but i didn't quite connect with the person showing me around or with the person on the phone i would feel uncomfortable with it because this is this is your wedding day this is probably so far at this point in your life the biggest day of your life and you will remember this day forever so you need to trust in the person that is going to be your port of call at that venue. 
you have to rely on them and trust that they are going to look after you and your wedding and it's not just another day. That is so important. And you know what? That is something that is I'm, I feel so strongly about in the wedding world is that this is this is the wedding industry, right? We are dealing with people's dreams and hopes and visions. And even practically speaking, we're dealing with people's savings and financial, you know, it's, it's a lot. People in our industry have a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressure. And nine times out of 10, at least the people that I know, at least my friends in the industry, thrive on it and they love it and they care. They genuinely care about each of their couples and the job that they are doing for them to help make their day spectacular. The moment that someone treats your wedding as just another day of work for them, uh uh-uh, out. It shouldn't be like that and you shouldn't settle for that. I'm going to go off piece again, but (laughs) when I was pregnant, (laughs) I went to the hospital for the sex scan, which is not as fancy as it sounds. Basically, it's the scan where you can find out if it's a boy or a girl and they don't advertise it as that because quite often they don't always, they can't always figure it out, but that is what it is and everyone gets very excited about it. And I said to the midwife doing the scan, oh, can you tell me what the sex is? And she was actually really quite rude to me. Um, you know, this isn't what it's about, you people. Anyway, it really, really upset me, really upset me. And I phoned the hospital the next day. You don't upset a pregnant woman. What are you doing? Putting your life in God's hands. I phoned the hospital the next day and I said to them, I was like, look, and I'm, I, I am, I'm going to put my hands up. I am the person that complains in the restaurant because otherwise how will they learn? So I phoned the hospital the next day. And I said, look, I said my name and the appointment I had and the time and the, and I didn't actually remember the midwife's name, but I said, I had this midwife and she, she really upset me and she was really rude to me. And I said, look, she might have just had a bad day. I'm sure she's brilliant at her job and she just had a bad day, but actually that's not acceptable in your line of work because that was just another scan to her. But to me, that was my first ever scan with my first ever pregnancy and I'll never get that back. And then... And then I got very serious and I was like, look, I said to the woman on the phone, I was like, look, um, I get it. Okay. I get it because I too, um, work in, in a, in an industry of such significance. She was like, oh, oh, do you a nurse? I was like, no, no, I'm a wedding planner. Um, but I too understand that, you know, sometimes you have a bad day, don't you? Sometimes you're not really, your heart's not in it, is it, Margaret? Your heart's not in it. But to that person, you know. It's their wedding day and you have to make them believe that this is the most important day of your life, you know? So I understand the plight that your midwives are in because I work in the wedding industry. <laughs> oh, Christ. I can't. I, I can't even with myself. I don't know how you put up with me. So <laughs> you want to make sure, to summarise, you want to make sure that you trust the people that are running the venue and that are going to coordinate your day. You've got to, you've got to like them you. It's a big part of it all, I think, for me anyway. So have a look around. Another thing, do you know what? If they don't offer you a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of something, ah, you know, not cool, guys, not cool. I might be spending thousands of pounds here with you people. I want a cup of tea. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I've been a little, a little bicky. Uh, I think you should offer that anyway. Um, 
to me, it's things like um, it's so now we're talking about the feeling that you get when you go to the venue. For me, it's things like if you visit a venue in because quite often you'll visit a venue in January or February and you're looking at a June, July wedding. So actually, you you won't see it as it would be on your wedding day. Always ask to go back if you book it. And then you can, I say to my couples, why don't you come back on the date of your wedding, but this year, so that you can see what the gardens look like, see what flowers are out. Um, that's really helpful, actually, when you're planning like your colours and stuff. So things like that, are they accommodating with things like that? Maybe you can have supplier meetings at the venue. That's really, really nice as well. I, if I can, I like to meet my couples at the venue, especially if it's their home, because then you can, you know, walk around the site and you can get a real feel of what their ceremony is going to be like. Um, so, you know, things like if you're looking at it in January, have they lit the fire? Have they put the lights on? Is there music playing? Is it warm? Are they bothered, basically? Are they bothered about their venue and you booking it and your wedding day? Um, ask things like, I <laughs> take the piss out of the wet weather plan question, but actually if it is an outdoor ceremony space, ask where's your indoor ceremony space? Can you have outdoor ceremonies? Is there a sound restriction? Is there heating, but also is there air con? Um, is there a smoking area? Are there umbrellas? Um, are there plenty of seats outside? Do you allow lawn games? Do you allow fireworks? I would like you at that point to burst into a rendition of Katy Perry firework in their face. Do you have on-site catering or do you have recommended caterers? Am I restricted to using people only on your recommended supplier list? Um, if you don't have accommodation on site, do you have accommodation nearby? There's actually a lot of questions. Would it be, I, I might write a list, you know, put it on the old gram for you. Do not be afraid of asking these questions. Ask as many questions as you want. It's really, really important that you get you you know everything before you commit. Um, and you know, not only will any decent venue have a good website and and social media, but actually they'll have the good people that work for them that know the answer to all these questions. And you might feel silly asking them, but they have heard these questions before. You are not the first person to say, "Can I take this carpet up?" <laughs> Brides, in my experience, are very funny about carpets, you know. They don't like carpets. Venues, if you're listening, wooden floor, okay? Wooden neutrals to go with every colour scheme. That's what we like. That's what we like. And then speak to them um, about their suppliers, um, people they might recommend. Um, you know, they they see these people week in, week out. So they know who's good and who, um, who to avoid. Um, the thing is is that you have to feel comfortable with the space and with the person selling it. Because that's what they're doing, they're selling it, right? Can you imagine your family there? I used to have couples that would walk in and be, and I'd be like, look, you know, you chill out here and you put your feet up and old Barry will be too pissed to stand so he'll fall asleep on that sofa and then your granny and granddad will be chatting and watching everyone dance over there and painting a picture for them but that's what you've got to do because you, if you walk into that venue and you can't see your family and you can't see you walking down the aisle then maybe it's not right for you and also you need to pick a venue that is right for you not right for everyone else and not right for keeping up with the joneses don't pick a venue because you know it's the new it place or it's what your mum and dad would like 
or it's it cost a little bit more and it is a bit of a, a push financially but you know everyone else wanted it and they couldn't afford it so let's do it don't do that just pick pick what's right for you as a couple um sometimes people tell me that they've picked a venue that they can revisit like um a national trust property or um somewhere in the city center that they can go back to which is quite nice although we did used to have people come back on their anniversaries to celebrate so do keep an open mind do ask all the questions do do your research do do due diligence do do diligence dilly dilly do do diligence <laughs> there are some incredible venues out there now i wasn't going to mention any because I can't mention them all and I don't want to piss anyone off. But what I will do is I will just mention a couple that I have worked with already um, that are exceptional. So, And they're all sort of around this area. So I'm just to remind you, I'm just outside Bath. So sort of I'm quite lucky because the Cotswolds, which is a super popular place to get married, is sort of just it's all within two hours of me, which is really handy. Um, in terms of city centre, I haven't done a huge amount of city centre but what I have done a lot of is a place called the Mount Without in Bristol, which is right in the centre of Bristol. It's an old abandoned church. It is so cool. I can't tell you. It's so cool. And it is right in the centre of Bristol. So it's super easy to get to. Um, it's sort of, even though it's city centre, it's not like, it's not industrial. It's an old church with all like sort of mismatchy old velvet furniture and little tables and carpets everywhere. And then they have um, their downstairs. Is it the, the not the crofts, the un, underbelly, the, <laughs> the bit below the church, <laughs> the cells, uh, where they have a bar and that's where you have your evening reception and you party and stuff. It's so cool. When I went there for the first time, I was like, what can I do to get here? Like, how can I celebrate? How can I come up with a reason to have a party here? And that's called the Mount Without and that's in Bristol. And another city centre venue that I've been to before and hope to go to again very soon, I'm actually one of their recommended suppliers, is the Bodleian, which is in Oxford. It's part of Oxford University, Bodleian Library. Um, and that is stunning, stunning. And again, city centre, um, which is really handy. Oxford's beautiful, so it's not like you're asking people to spend time in the arse end of nowhere. Um, and it's sort of completely steeped in history. So you feel... You feel quite special when you're there, actually. You feel like you're a part of something that's bigger than you. Um, and that's really lovely. And the team are fab there. Some great spaces as well to choose from. Um, and then in terms of more locally, there's the Roman bath. I've done the Roman bath ceremonies quite a lot. The Roman bath is, it's an interesting one because you can, because of the tourists, you can only have a morning ceremony or an um, evening ceremony. So I think it's 7.30 or 8 in the morning and then I think maybe 7.30 or 8 at night um, because obviously in the day they can't afford to close the, close it as a venue because of all the tourists. That is, that's quite spectacular actually as a ceremony venue. The, you can have your evening reception there as well and obviously that is different logistically because of the timings but if that doesn't bother you then that is a really, really special place to get married with the water in the middle and the candles and the fire and and the city around you it's yeah it's really quite spectacular um and then there's loads of sort of countryside um barney sort of renovation places there's oxley's barn which is in the cotswolds which i've been to a few times which the team are 
fantastic and it's gorgeous and it's got really nice accommodation on site. Um, really good team of recommended suppliers as well. Um, and just a really lovely space, really relaxed, sort of chilled out. You almost less like a wedding venue, more like a really, really lovely house <laughs> that you want to live in, that you never want to leave. Um, and in a similar vein, Alpen Manor as well, which actually isn't a million miles from, from where I grew up. That's Cotswolds. Um, and that's a similar vibe as well, mainly because someone does in fact live there. Um, but it's got a gorgeous new-ish barn that's attached to some some older buildings and the gardens there are unbelievable. Really, really beautiful. I'm sure it's lovely in winter, but the gardens are, are too good to be missed. So if you are going to look at Alpen, then look sort of spring, summertime as well. Uh, Court Farm which is super close to where I live now, which is on the outskirts of Bath, is, again, converted barn, a bit more rustic than some of the others, um, and almost industrial, because it's sort of um, a weatherboarded barn where and it's where you have your meal um, with sort of festoon lights hanging, so it's really laid back, stripped back, pared back, whatever you're going to do in your back. Um, it, it's really... Basic's not the word. It's very simple, very cool, actually. Um, and it's got great big gardens, so you could spill out onto there. I do believe that you can hire marquees to go there as well. So it's a really good DIY one, because the best thing about Court Farm is the accommodation there is absolutely stunning. And it can sleep quite a few people as well. So you could have like a dinner the night before, and it's very much DIY, which some people love and it's really good to get all the family there for for the long weekend and get everyone involved um and north cabri court which is quite special that's in the cotswolds in the heart of the cotswolds um and that is a huge great big manor house and you hire out the whole place that is like an incredibly lavish house party like that is what it feels like it it feels like 100 percent like someone's home like there's family pictures everywhere um and it looks lived in but, you know, there's a swimming pool and there's a sauna and there's a games room and there's these incredible gardens and these views and these rolling hills everywhere. And it's just it's a very cool space. It's advertised quite a lot as like um, corporate weekend getaways, but it does weddings as well. And it is it is stunning. I believe they have a small chapel on site as well. And then Elmore Court, which is in Gloucester, is um, somewhere I've been a lot and I'm going to a lot again this year. That's brilliant. That I can't, you can't, I think that's top of its game, really. It's a, a sort of an old manor house. And again, they, they have converted a barn um, sort of just slightly attached to the manor house um, that is very modern and beautifully done out. It's all very clean. It's all kept very well, which I think is quite hard to do with a wedding venue because if you think about all the people that are coming and going, um, it's it's quite hard to keep it maintained but Elmore Court is is lovely and it, it beautifully mixes the old with the new and they've got accommodation and it's really, really special and the team are brilliant. So much fun. And because that is Gloucester, that is heart of the Cotswolds, really, um, they've got the their pick of suppliers all around. So you always get some great, great people that go there. They're just a few places. There are a few places that I've been to and that I'm going to and that I'm super familiar with, but there are, God, there are so many. And you know, there are so many like on my wish list. I'm dying to go to so many places. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is that you choose a venue that you too love, 
that feels like you two because this is what I keep saying. This is why I'm I am a celebrant. Is because your wedding day should be so personal to you. It should be such a clear reflection of what you two are like as a couple, of you two as individuals and you two as a couple and your life together. You want people to leave your wedding and leave your wedding venue going, God, that was so them, wasn't it? That was so them. And if they don't say that, you want them to say, that was so Olivia Coleman. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean the world. If you find this podcast even remotely helpful or moderately entertaining, share with all your friends and family. You can DM me on the podcast Instagram at I'll Marry You Podcast. Get in touch. I want to hear all your tall tales. See you soon. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee.